Well, hello, and we welcome you to the World Travel Dad Show, where we help you travel intelligently with your family. With trip planning, money-saving tips, and funny stories, we are a resource for your next travel chapter. We are excited to have you here, and we hope our adventure helps you with yours. Tips, jokes, stories, and overall fun for your ears to enjoy. Now here's our host, World Travel Dad. Sawati ka, petika. Welcome in. You found the World Travel Dad Show. On this week's show, we're still in northern Thailand. We are in Chiang Mai. And we took a trip to the Elephant Sanctuary, the Elephant National Natural Park. Um, and I will do a rundown of how that went. We will talk a little bit about the history of the region. And we're still talking about Chiang Mai and all that it has to offer um, in terms of the markets, in terms of um, this elephant trip that we did, which we know is very popular. So I'll give you my take on that. And of course, we will do some headlines. We're well into 2023. So thanks for joining us today on Thailand 6, the Elephant Sanctuary. Just as a side note, I have zero energy today. I was up till 2 a.m. local time with my wife. We were on a, a Zoom call with an HOA board back in Colorado and my wife periodically has to do she's on another board um, she's had to do these calls in the middle of the night and it's it's interesting um, but anyway zero energy um, but first story we want to cover is the unfortunate collapse of the US dollar over the past two weeks maybe even three weeks I've been sort of watching in slow motion as all my dreams are shattered um, it's not really being widely reported on CNBC for whatever reason uh, I feel like I'm the one that's kind of screaming at the mountaintops because I'm living outside of the United States and I really care about the performance of the U.S. dollar vis-a-vis -vis other currencies, and if you're if you're in in the states and you're not doing a lot of traveling, then maybe it's not top of mind. But it's trading at 1.08 to the to the euro, and so um, I had purchased euros at 1.04 using the Wise Card the one that I always recommend and for a while there I kind of looked like the village idiot because I sort of bought too high and uh, but now I don't look so dumb that looks like a, a decent trade and now if you're looking at the US dollar collapsing like this 
you know, nothing goes in a straight line, as uh, George Gammon likes to say. Um, so this is a pullback, but the dollar definitely is out of its bull market, um, I think. And now the question is, is it smart? I mean, look, if you're, if you're planning that trip to Italy with your wife, maybe your kids are going, you're excited about it, it's, you know, we're in 2023, so if you're looking at fall 2023, is the euro, I mean, I guess it's impossible to tell, but I looked at it as an insurance policy, and so I think we're going to just try to limp through the rest of this trip. The The fun, the party was over. I felt like I just had gotten to the party, and... Now it's over. Um, so, very unfortunate on the U.S. dollar collapse, but we'll keep an eye out. I mean, I, I hope it. I hope it gets better. I know against the lira, it's still doing quite well. Um, the problem is, you might have a wheelbarrow full of lira, just like uh, the Weimar Republic Deutschmarks, but it's not going to buy you much. And remember, with currency, it's not how many pieces of paper you have. It's what you can buy with the pieces of paper. So think about purchasing power. And on that same headline, uh, gold. Gold is on a tear. And so do you go out and buy some gold? Uh, I don't think I am. I think I'll stay put on that. I don't I don't really own gold. Um We'll talk about here in a moment some of what we look at for investments. Of course, nothing is investment advice, primarily because I'm not a uh, financial um, professional. I'm not a member of FINRA. I do not give financial or legal advice, and you are not to construe anything I say as such. And again, if you're listening to someone on a podcast, I mean, you shouldn't listen to people. You shouldn't ask the question, what should I do? I think a lot of the successful people I've heard, they just want to be educated and then they go make the decisions. They don't have people make the decisions for them. So it's always better to be educated um, and then make your own decisions. You don't want to be spoon-fed this. So when I'm looking globally... Um, gold is on a complete, absolute tear. Just as an aside, I did own a gold fund in the past couple of years. It did okay. It did really well two years ago, and I had to sell it to pay taxes, which I know it's TMI. But the question now is, do I try to like jump back in now that it's shot up like that? And my gut says I don't do that because that's where I always step in the traps. I get I get pushed around by the market because I'm just a sheep. Um, I don't have any edge on that game. Um, and it's at it's at 1,923. Um, so keep an eye on that, of course, as always. Uh, Prince Harry came out with his memoir um, I wasn't going to purchase it 
just uh, uh, you know to end the suspense but you can um, a bug just flew onto my back I don't know what kind of bug that was you um, can purchase Harry's book if you'd like I find him boring I find Harry and Megan pretty boring I read <clears throat> a New York Times article about the memoir, so I feel like I'm educated enough. I don't need to read it. It had, like, the top 11 takeaways. Harry seems like he has had a tough run at it. Uh, I think I find, you know, he he's not terrible, but he's just not interesting to me. He's had a tough run of events in his life, of course. I found the stuff about him in the military interesting he's you know he's killed 25 people um, that's his count but I also again he just doesn't excite me to, to hear his memoir I don't really care and I don't think Megan's all that interesting uh, William I'm more of William and Kate fan I think they're a more interesting sort of thing uh, but you know royal family we're all still pretty fascinated by it of course and uh, um, we were <clears throat> fortunate enough to visit Buckingham Palace this year. And I'll always cherish that. Um, we had a good time in London. I, I love London. Um, anyway, that's pretty much what's going on. Um, I was talking about gold. And I was, it got me thinking, you know, with, with this investing stuff... Like, I can't make very many mistakes. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting a windfall. My dad, uh, he just passed away. As many of our listeners know, we call him Papa Jack, and we're all very sad about that. And he's not, he's, he didn't, you know, the only thing my dad left me was a good head of hair. So, um, I, I can't make any investing mistakes. And so when I look at the landscape You've got to just be careful. You're not chasing a mirage. I like to look at it as, regardless of what's going up, um, what asset class, what bull market, what's the new hot trade of the day, try to get some exposure to it. Try to just make sure um, that you have some uh, sort of way to to experience the benefits of whatever bull market uh, is occurring. So um, I do have a little bit of exposure to this latest gold run. It's kind of nice because I'm not all in. Um, we're, I'm going to be starting another podcast with a friend of mine back in Colorado, and that's going to be a business podcast. And our first episode, I'll let you know when it's going to drop, but we're going to discuss something that I did go all in on and it recently completely flamed out. So, you know, we're going to talk about lessons in business and, and all that stuff. Um, I'll let you know when that's going to drop. Um, next couple of weeks, we're hoping, I think. At least cut the pilot. One other final um, topic I forgot to mention was this thing with the Chinese New Year and Chinese tourists traveling now um, and with apparently some COVID outbreaks in China several countries have made it stricter for Chinese people to travel including the United States I think uh, 
you guys know how I feel about that. I think it's silly. I think we just, we really look like we don't quite know what we're doing. We're sort of creating these rules. They're not really based in medicine. Trying to prevent a new strain of COVID from coming to your country is, um, it's kind of like the person who plays roulette. And you look, you know, you look up at the sign, you see all the numbers that have hit. And they tell you if you've seen five black, you know, numbers in a row, that doesn't mean you're due for a red. It doesn't change the odds. Um, that's how I look at the COVID thing. I, I think if you're trying to keep it out of your country, you, you just look like it's bu- it's buffoonery. And again, I don't, I don't ever, I don't agree with targeting citizenry with any of this stuff because one of the main mantras of our show is that people need to band together and we need to all find things that we agree on and find things that we can all disagree on and uh, people you know people can come together on this stuff it's usually the governments that are making the big mistakes the big policy mistakes so another theme we you know this show is that we just we don't we don't wait for the government to come and make mistakes for us you know while they're telling us what to do so um we yeah we can uh we can educate ourselves and i don't think it's science-based when you're when you're targeting um and by the way you know countries like singapore did not change any of their rules for chinese people and they took some flack for it and part of it was they said, look, we're pretty strict as it is. I mean, they require you to be COVID tested and or um, uh, negative, sorry, vaccinated and or test negative before entering. And they said, look, that's never changed. So um, that that's fine. I mean, that seems reasonable. It wasn't hard for us to follow those steps. And, uh, you know, testing negative. I mean, if you don't want to get the vaccine, that's fine. So... Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's unfortunate anytime we do something that's illogical. So, all right, we'll see you, um, on the other side here. We'll be right back. I can't tell you how versatile the wise card has been for my travels. From paying for my kids' school tuition in Ubud to wiring the tour company payment for our snorkeling trip, the wise card has been there for me. Let me explain how it works. From the States or anywhere, you purchase foreign currency and keep it in your WISE account. It becomes your de facto foreign bank account. You purchase at the current exchange rate. If you think the dollar is at its peak in value, purchase a foreign currency, pay a very minimal fee, and voila, you have your short dollar position. Congratulations, you're now a foreign currency trader, and you didn't have to open a bank account in Montenegro. And fellas, your wife wants to go to Italy. She's sick of the bowling alley as your idea of entertainment. Why not start by opening your WISE account today? If you use the link in the show notes, capitalize with at least $300 US, 
World Travel Dad gets a minuscule kickback that I promise to use on cheap beer. Take your wife to Italy. Let's get back to this thing I'm calling a show. So if you're familiar with this part of the world, you know that they have elephants, and these are Asian elephants. There are also African elephants, which are slightly larger, a couple of other different sort of subtle differences. But these uh, Asian elephants uh, live in the, the hills and the mountains of northern Thailand, uh, over into Burma, into uh, uh, Bangladesh, and Cambodia, um, Laos. It is currently in Thailand. They've made it illegal to use elephants in the logging trade but it's still legal to ride elephants and uh, though it's frowned upon it's a faux pas um, it's a mistake to be riding the elephants their bone structure is not set up to do that but some uh, local people who own elephants you know it's their only way to make a living and so unfortunately it still occurs though the riding is illegal in Thailand you can do these camps where you give them baths. You can like toss water on the elephants, which, uh, frankly, was sort of a little more what I was looking for. I wanted to like form some lasting bonds with the elephant. Um, that didn't really happen at the Elephant Nature Park. Uh, it's about an hour and a half drive north of Chiang Mai. And it's not a terrible drive at all. That was pretty easy. We stayed overnight. Um, a lot of people do the day trip. Now, we've done some day trips so far. We've done some snorkeling day trips. I'm more, um, I like an overnight. We did that in Mont Saint Michel, and we chose the overnight route in the Elephant Sanctuary. It's pretty expensive when you think, you know, we're just doing a night, but. It's not terrible. You know, family of four, um, I don't know, 600 bucks maybe. Uh, you get a, get a bunch of meals, a bunch of uh, buffet meals, a um, couple of lunches, a breakfast, and a dinner. And it's all plant-based foods, which sometimes I'm kind of into that. I don't know if I could do it all the time. It didn't seem, I mean, I guess it's pretty healthy. I guess it's healthy, um, but it, it was good. The food was very good. I um, thought that was a, a good positive. The uh, the history of the region a little bit I think is important. So you're up your north, your northern Thailand. Um, the there are these hill people called the Mahouts, and they tend to know how to work with the elephants and. That is kind of a career path for the Mahouts, it looks like. They're, you can be a, they're a caretaker to a, to a single elephant 
for years at a time in these camps and in the park that we were in. And um, it's it's interesting. I saw, I think, where they sleep, you know, like in hammocks sometimes. And, man, it gets cold. And what a crazy lifestyle. Um, the 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 uh, the way I measure economies is through gross domestic product um, per capita GDP and so you can compare some areas of the region but it's not very high um, the average in Thailand is about 7,000 USD Vietnam's about 1,800 I would guess the Mahout subsection just from looking at how this is set up they're going to be around that 2000. They're going to be like that Vietnam figure. Um, so, you know, very developing. It's a, it's a pretty little area. I brought my mosquito proof clothing, which we had purchased stateside. And I, I still, um, am very reluctant to put the pants on because they're, they look terrible. I got them on sale I mean, it looks like I'm wearing like, you know, like a, a huge, like canvas dress or something. I, I don't know. The legs are gigantic. Both of my legs could fit in one of the legs, but then you get up to the waist, and it's like super tight. And what kind of a strange shaped human could like wear these pants? So I really don't wear the pants, but the shirt's good. I I pull the shirt out on. You know, morning walks, and um, I think a lot of time on the mosquito-proof clothing, the, these mosquitoes are just laughing at me. They can get through it. They don't seem to be terribly bothered, um, but, you know, at least you're doing something. At least you're not making it easy on the mosquitoes. Like, make them work a little bit. I love a good uh, mosquito coil. They're these uh, vapor-burning circular coils that you can kind of set up like right like now I'm outside um, doing the outside studio thing and the mosquitoes are not really around right now it's a little colder in the mornings here it's a Sunday crisp Sunday morning but when they are out when I see that they're flying around I'll fire up a coil um, I want to have some protection and I kind of like the smell. Um, but you don't want to do too much of that vapor, apparently. it uh, Maybe it's linked to long-term um, health deficits, perhaps. So, like I was saying, we interacted with the elephants, but I didn't form any lasting bonds. You could barely even touch them. My son kept trying to find out when he could actually like touch them and eventually I kind of agreed like when can I when can I hug them or caress them get close to these big elephants and they're very reluctant to let you do it we kind of twisted one guide's arm to let us like just go up you know this 70 year old female docile elephant I think we can go pet the thing so you know I understand they're worried that by the way this facility is a pretty pretty nice facility what they've created 
They won some award in 2022 for the best animal rescue facility in the world in uh, this legion organization where Emmanuel Macron, who's the president of France, of course, he was presenting some gift to the to the owner of this place. Uh, and she looks like a pretty cool person. And her husband works with the elephants. We kind of got to see him in action. He calmed down some of these elephants when they were going crazy one day. Um, okay, history of the region. So you have the Mahout people. You have a lot of other hill tribes surrounding. Your borders to the west are Burma, present-day Myanmar, I mean, I call it Myanmar, but it's also Burma. Um, there was quite a bit of World War II history. Our guide ca- casually mentioned it. He was a young guy. He's a terrific guide. He spoke great English. Um, really excited about his job. Good energy. And, you know, when I get these guides, if they can speak English in a region like this, I will uh, I'll pull them aside and I'll get some... I'll pepper them with questions. I mean, I almost like hold these guys down. Like, you know, I have so many questions. Because when you have a language barrier, it's, um, it can really be difficult. And Thailand is the first major language barrier we've experienced where we just, we don't fully know what's going on. And so I'll grab this guide and say, you know, what's that stuff on the side of the road? Why, what are these people that are trying to sell me this? You know, why is this smell happening at this particular hour? What is that smoke over there? You know, and this guy had some good answers. So his name was Home. Um, and the, the whole area was under the kingdom of Siam, which included present-day Laos, until, of course, Siam became part of Thailand. And Thailand incorporated parts of present-day Thailand, which was under Siam rule, and also the Lana dynasty, which kingdom, which we talked about quite at length, if you listened a couple episodes ago. So I know some people like to listen when we do these trip reports. Um, this is a very popular elephant sanctuary. I'd give it a thumbs up. I thought it was fine. The rooms were fine. You're not really in the room very much. Um, so it's one of those things. It was like when we were in Mont Saint-Michel. Yeah, you hang out in the room a little bit, but you're there to see the elephants. There's a, there's a cat kingdom. There's like hundreds of cats, and they were very friendly. So that was awesome. It's nice to be able to cuddle with, with some kitties. My son is very, my son's very allergic to cats. We didn't really know that, <clears throat> but we found out on this trip. His face swelled up like a balloon and yeah so we uh we came back um two nights ago um and uh Chiang Mai's great this was a good little detour little one night stopover um uh we 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 fed a lot of the elephants up there and came back to Chiang Mai and uh, we're, st- we're still out in the suburbs here. We're on this, um, like, there are these, gra- it's like grounds. There's like a kind of a palatial house with 
about four or five guest house structures on the grounds here. It's owned by a, a Dutch guy who's very nice. We met him and his um, Thai wife, and he's been here for like 20 years. Um, I see her, she jogs around the interior here of the grounds, but you look like kind of a dork when you're just jogging like in the grounds. You know, I, I can't do that. So, of course, when I jog, I hit the road. I pound the pavement. And um, I've been doing that a lot. So I feel like getting a, getting a lay of the land here. I've, I've really loved the, the markets in Southeast Asia. Um, haven't been to a lot here in, in Chiang Mai because when I go to a market... I tend to fall into the no man's land of like noon-ish, like right around lunch. That's not a good market time. Um, Here's why. Uh, Something to keep in mind. They're they're generally morning markets and evening markets. And so if you go at at lunchtime, you're in no man's land. You have the morning market has packed up. The evening market uh, hasn't gotten started yet. So there's a, there, there are a lot of markets. The rararat market is one uh, that I, I'm looking forward to try, but that's an evening market and uh, some retro clothing markets. So I'll keep you updated on all on all that stuff. And uh, Kapunka for uh, listening today to um, the show. And we'll uh, be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the show. I am constantly trying to improve through the process of iteration. Your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending it here. We are now available on Google, Apple, and Spotify. Wherever you are listening, please take a moment to leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. And I promise to do whatever I can to send you good vibes. Good vibes.